When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of The Extra Inch. My name is Wendy, and I'm joined on this special episode with Harry Brooks, head coach at Round World Academy. Hello, Harry. Hello, Chris. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Good to speak to you, mate. Uh, before I go any further, I've been meaning to say this for a few weeks. Many congratulations to my good friend Nick on the birth of his first child. I wanted to um, say that because I also uh, congratulated Paul, who's our mutual friend, and I thought uh, Nick might come for me if I didn't do the same for him. So, yeah, all the best to Nick and his family. Um, but first, we're going to talk to Harry about uh, what Round world do we're going to talk about Spurs at Academy which we're both interested in and then we're going to talk a little bit about how Harry got into coaching and whatnot so Harry to start off with tell us about Round World and and uh, what they do and, and what they aim to achieve sure well uh, first of all thanks for having me on um, so Round World are um, an independent football academy um, and what we are is we basically bridge the gap between grassroots football and uh, professional football um, and we do this um, a number of ways um, we uh, train um, boys from the the age of six up until about 16 um, in group training uh, three times a week um, on average we push about six to eight players a year into professional clubs to get signed and we also play regular um, fixtures versus really high level um, opposition um, specifically professional academies um, that can be one-off games um, and also we get invited to uh, prestigious international um, academy tournaments or um, tournaments in the UK so in recent years we've played against the likes of uh, Bayern Munich uh, Liverpool Man United Spurs, Schalke, Elche and many, many more. Um, so that's basically what we are. That's what we do. And then um, the director's called Richard Webster. And then also there's lots of uh, different avenues um, aside from Round World, um, aside from the actual group training that, um, that we do. So, for example, myself and the director, um, as well as uh, doing the group training for the boys, um, we also... Um, train um, academy players that are already at professional clubs and young professionals um, on an outside basis um, we do sessions with them we do analysis scouting um, so that's what we do as well as uh, the boys that aren't quite in um, the academy setup uh, at the moment 
So just to sort of from a practical perspective, this is, I guess, this is where parents are identified that they've got a kid who's really, really good at football and they're thinking, okay, there might be something in this. There might be a a career for him here. Let's get him into a club. But to do that, they might need to hone some technical skills first. Is that is that where it starts typically? Yeah, pretty much. It it is. It is an environment. It is quite a high level environment in terms of it's quite intense. Um, So we we do welcome everyone. um, But. Um, we, we we are like a training environment, so we're not like a normal sun. We're not like a Sunday league team. Um, and then it's um, it's players that basically, you know, they just want to push on in football. Um, so, for example, a success story for us, the ultimate will be a player that goes on to play professional, represents their country, etc. But then also another success story will be, well, okay, you might not have reached that stage because you know that's not many people do. But did you, you know, did you fulfil? Did you get something out of football thanks to us or with our help? You know, you could have. Um, played for the school for example that's just as much of a success story so um, it is the only, it is for players that you know do love football and care about football um, and it's again kind of an environment that sort of tends to push players on into professional uh, football clubs generally and I guess there's an element of just building confidence and, and fitness and, and these kind of things and health and these kind of things as well yeah there's loads of things to it it's um, it, we, we try to provide the whole package um, we, 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 we try to help players off the pitch as well as on the pitch as well uh, provide different opportunities um it's just it's just um a little bit more than well it's just more than what a Sunday league team would be for example so again that's what we are we try to bridge the gap um between that um it can be help it, generally it's trying to help uh prepare players to get into a professional setup um that's generally what we're about but as we said if you don't quite reach that stage where you're quite good enough um to get into a professional football club then you know we don't turn you away we still welcome you and we as long as you um you know show the correct attitude and dedication then we will help you um will help you achieve whatever you know the maximum of your potential can be because obviously we all have different potentials sure no i appreciate that and where, where is this based harry is it are there multiple locations is there a particular place yeah so we're generally based in north london um, we train at a few different venues in north london so on a wednesday we're at woodhouse college um on a tuesday we're at um trent park in southgate uh thursday we're at barnet power league and we kind of flip between those three during the week so every age group trains um at least three times a week um we say to players you don't have to come to every single session but again as we as what we're about is we we like to pride ourselves on our sort of like you know intense training sessions we do say you should come to at least two um but also the director who's called richard webster i've got to drop his name in there um he um he also um does stuff in miami in the us um and we also have links that far outreach uh the uk as well so uh, round world is kind of like you know mostly based in in england in north london we also do one-to-one sessions um you know in essex that kind of area and um, that's also a big part of what we do one-to-one individual training um with our players and um yeah as well as miami which is um which we um we're starting to become more um more uh, what's the word um more regular more regular more regular in miami nice one and, and you mentioned that you your your teams participate in tournaments and I remember yes. I, I interviewed John McDermott, who's uh, who's head of the academy at Spurs. I interviewed him, yeah. must be 10 years ago now, a long time right. ago. But one of the things that he was really keen to impress was how important these international tournaments are for development of young players and how much they can learn in a very short space of time in an international tournament, which, which you just wouldn't get in like a year in uh, academy football. Yeah. Um, it, do you see that as a key part of, of what Roundworld do? Yeah, I think um, there are a lot of independent academies um, out there that, that will play, that will push 
push players on into professional clubs and will play fixtures against, um, you know, um, professional academies, which is fantastic. Um, what we, 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 but however, if I'm being completely honest, they don't quite provide the level of opportunities that Round World and Richard Webster and Richard is able to. So, for example, um, due to like, you know, doing a good job, obviously, but the links that uh, Richard has and has developed over the years, um, we do get invited into really prestigious um, academy tournaments, um, home and abroad, um, which other independent academies just aren't able to get invited to. Um, you know, we get invited to um, to tournaments that a lot of professional clubs don't get invited to. So, for example, two years ago, um, we went to the Bremen Cup in Germany, obviously, um, with a group of under 11s um, where we played Bayern Munich, um, Spurs, um, Schalke. Um, we also played Fulham, um, Port, FC Porto were there. Um, and that's quite a uh, that's a very prestigious tournament that not every um, team can get invited to. So we're very proud that we can be the only independent academy that can provide these kind of opportunities. Nice one. And you've come up against some some top players in these tournaments as well. Yeah, we have. Yeah, no, this was a little bit before I was um, coaching at Round World. But uh, a few years ago, um, there was another tournament abroad um, that Round World went to. Richard uh, took the uh, boys to. Um, I think it was an under, under 13 tournament. And um, Fulham played in it. And we played against Harvey Elliott in the semi-final, who happened to score the winner um, versus us to put Fulham through. Um, I think Harvey Elliott won player of the tournament uh, then. Um, but interestingly, our player actually got... Um, the top goal scorer in the tournament uh, which is a really really good achievement obviously reaching a semi-final uh, for an independent academy is a massive achievement and to have a player that got top goal scorer when you know the likes of Harvey Elliott are there is uh, really impressive and that player's actually recently signed for Deportivo La Coruña in Spain so uh, no we're very proud of him one thing I wanted to ask you about, Harry, is how yeah. um, how clubs, the clubs that you work with, how do they feel about you training their players? Do, do you feel like there's ever um, a disconnect between the methodologies that you're implementing within these players' t- training techniques and the club's own methodologies? Um, you mean, obviously, the the, um, the academy players and the young professionals that yeah, are exactly. on the outside? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, they, it's kind of a mix. If, if, if they're being completely honest, they actually quite like it because... Um, when you're at a club, um, you don't always have, you know, you'll see a lot of players now, you know, they'll, they'll get chastised for for not being able to do certain things. But that's because those certain things are never ever worked on. So how can you expect that from them? And the professional football clubs, they don't always have the time to work on exactly what a player might need. So, for example, um, we were doing training with a um, a um, Arsenal right back um, called Daniel Oyugoki, who's a very, very talented player. And we've done a session um, just on his crossing because he hasn't got the time at Arsenal to um, work on those individual traits so those players actually have to go to coaches on the outside to get that training you know we've done another session um, um, in the Christmas period um, with um, a Norwich City striker called Ruben Shackpoke um, on just on left foot finishing um, so these these players have to go to the outside and the clubs know that and they appreciate that actually you do get the odd ones that say well we don't want you to risk getting injured and you know obviously there can be the odd time when we might give certain advice to, to build a footballer so for example um, where we will get a player um, we we care about the player more so than the club obviously that's who we work with um, so we want to help give the player the best possible opportunity of having a professional career um, at whatever whatever level that might be um, obviously we want him to have the best possible career he can have but we want to make sure he has at least a professional career now the instruction you give him might, ne- might not necessarily um, entail with what the club are looking for so you know clubs can have ideologies and you can train footballers um, that necessarily because um, we want players to have the best possible opportunity of having a career so it, what matters to us is that the player has that career so it might not necessarily be in tune with what the club are asking for because the club might be looking to produce players for that club where 
whereas that might not be the most realistic avenue for the player to have a career because if you don't if the player for example doesn't have doesn't make it at that club have they been um, given the have they've been taught or coached on the um, other attributes that they gain that's needed to make it elsewhere mm. so we make sure that we um, provide players with the necessary tools ideally to have a professional career um, obviously but we've got to make sure we work on what the club are asking the player to work on so you know if the club wants the player to work on a certain type of finishing then obviously we'll do that one as well so we try to work with the clubs because um, they appreciate that you know this stuff is needed but also we we, we make sure that we give um, the player the necessary tools to have a career it's really interesting and I think you know we're, we're a Spurs podcast so we need to talk about Spurs as Academy you're a, Spurs, you're a Spurs fan too which helps I am indeed yep. um, let's talk a little bit about Tanganga first because yep. everyone's talking about him at the moment and I think for me just the fact that he's been involved in the last two games is just a massive boost to the whole academy structure um yeah we've not seen a homegrown player kind of brought through and, and given those opportunities for a while so it was a nice nice boost in that sense but for me Tanganga's a player I've liked ever since I first saw him is he one that stood out for you most definitely I remember watching Tanganga um for the under 18s um a couple of years ago and he just had that aura about him that um looked like a player that was going to really really push on I was very surprised that the way his development was um um, catered for with regards to under 23 football we didn't quite have that um, smooth transition to tw- under 23s but back to him there was an opportunity in pre-season um, he performed well got himself in the fold and now he's obviously performed good enough in training for Mourinho to give him the chance so yeah when I first saw him at under 18s I did think whether it was going to play for Tottenham or not I wasn't you know you don't know but I did think that's a player there that's going to have a professional career most definitely um, so I was quite surprised that, um, that there wasn't a smooth transition into, into the under 23s but that happens all the time um, but fair play to him. He's he's um he's turned it back around to actually somehow to actually um play for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, so you know he deserves all the he deserves a ton of credit for that. He does. I agree. Um, and in terms of just generally when a when a club or a team of coaches in the first team should get a feeling for when a player is ready to be given an opportunity, do do you feel is there are there any obvious signs from your perspective that a player is at that point where they are ready for an opportunity? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's um it, it's a, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of different factors that come into it it's maturity um it's their um obviously obviously their quality um whether their um attributes um can fit into men's first team football straight away um and it's their mentality and it's it's, it's like it's like a you you can tell so for example troy parrot he is a he is a he is a man footballer that's been playing academy football for a while yeah. um harvey elliott um even though he's a tricky winger you might say people might say that um you know, he's, he's a risky player to play, but his mentality and his aura from everything I've heard about him and, and you can clearly see the way he holds himself on a football pitch, he's ready for that. He's mature enough for first-team men's football. So you can 100% tell, I think. Obviously, there's no guarantees. There's a risk attached to everything. You know, it might not work, but yes, I do believe that you can tell. Um, these people, you know, people like obviously Jose Mourinho, John McDermott and elsewhere at different clubs, they've been in the game long enough to know sort of when a player should be ready and when they're not ready. Um, they Obviously, because they want to win football games. They, that's, 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 that's the that's the nature that's what they are they have to win football games so if they genuinely believe that a player will help them win a football game then they'll pick him even if he is inexperienced so yeah. Jose Mourinho obviously believed that Tanganga was ready to play against Liverpool and you could argue even though they didn't get the results on them that he was ready he had a fantastic game against arguably the best forward line in the country so um, yeah these, these people they do know what they're doing they've been in the game long enough to know when a player's ready they won't always get it right and it will be a lot of the time to the fans frustrations but you know they work with them every single day they know their mentality 
personality. They know their personality. They know their qualities in training every day. So, and again, they want to win football games. If if they think he's the best option to win the game, then it'll play him. That's what I kind of liked about the Tanganga thing because Mourinho's always had this reputation of uh, treating each game like like it's its its own standalone game in a way. Mm. And he identified the fact that Tanganga's got really good recovery pace and yeah. could cover him behind and mop up should should Mane threaten on the counter attack. And he did. He did exactly that. He came in. He he, he dropped deep when needed to, when he needed to. He also had the bravery to carry the ball out from defence a couple of times. And he, he kept Mane relatively quiet in that game. Yeah. And I hope that um, Mourinho would appreciate that there are other players in the academy who have skill sets which might be suited to specific games as well. We might see a few more young players get opportunities. Um, I think so. Yeah. I know you can't really say too much. You work, you work with Spurs, and and you've got you've got views on on how they manage yeah. the academy, and you know there might be some good things there, and there might be some bad things there. So I don't yeah. want to put you in a position where I'm asking you too much, but I, I've got I've had this view for a while that Spurs are really struggling uh, to to develop players post scholarship, say post 18. Mm. And I think a lot of that is to do with the structure of the what is now uh, the under 23 league, Premier League two, um, and how that is utilised by Premier League clubs. So you get a real, um, it's hard to describe, it's like a, a hodgepodge of, of players who are in the Premier League two. Some are uh, players who were just beyond the under 18 league and, and need a new challenge. Some clubs use it to uh bring in players who are recuperating from injury others use it to to uh, give squad players a game spurs very much are in the first category so we tend to keep hold of a lot of our academy scholars and give them one year contracts sometimes two year contracts which yeah. means they then stick around for a long time so we get a lot of players who go up from the under 18s straight into the under 23s and they'll stay there for two three sometimes even four years and at this point certainly under pochettino we weren't loaning them out so the 23s were filled with a lot of players who, in my opinion, weren't ready for the first team, probably weren't going to make it at Spurs, but was kind of sticking around. Uh, what, what do you think of the PL2? And is there anything you'd do differently if you if you could rip up that rip up that format and start again? 
Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think that, you know, when we work with these players, you know, we, we have conversations with them all the time, obviously, and there are certain targets they have to be hitting. So in terms of, you know, appearances and the age groups they're playing at. So, you know, obviously you might have, you might be coaching a player that's, that's an under 16 at a club, for example, and you could be, you know, you could be right. Well, you've got to be playing regular under 18s. And then by the time you're 17s, you should be in the under 23 squad. If you sort of get to a stage where it's, um, you know, you're in the under 23s and, you know, you're, you're 20 years old, 21 years old, and you haven't made any first team appearance then you're kind of struggling and you haven't been developed to play first team football elsewhere um, which is the main thing because you need to make sure you know for me again um, even though I'm a Spurs fan it actually if a player if one of my players plays for Spurs fantastic but my goal is they have a pro career and they reach Mm. their potential so um, I think the Premier League 2 could be used as a a good format for for younger players but I think if you're 21-22 and you're still in that environment um, then I think that you need to be looking to get out to be honest um, to play first team football before that stage um, obviously every situation is different um, so you know I would be looking again if, if, if my if a player hasn't um, you know if he hasn't if there isn't really a pathway for him to play first team football at a club then you do have to look at sort of right well where can you go to get that exposure and to make sure you have a career so um, that's the main thing for me so I think if you're an older player that's sort of getting stuck in the under 23 or not playing enough first team football um, wherever then then you're struggling so for example Paul, he'll get a move anyway because he's at Tottenham and he's probably played enough minutes just about and he's good enough. But I think the reason why Carl Walker-Peters has struggled is because he hasn't been exposed to enough football and I think he was actually quite, um, I, I think Spurs should have sent him out on loan two or three years ago to get that exposure because then, you know, it's all well and good wanting to keep these players, you know, in the club because again, you've got to look out for the best interest of the club but I'm more about the best interest of the player and Carl Walker-Peters his best interest were definitely to get first team football regular two or three years ago um, but it didn't happen and obviously we're now in a situation where you know Mourinho can't really play him you know you can't blame him for not playing Walker for not playing him and um, hopefully he gets a move to a Premier League club and gets first team football there because he is a very very talented footballer um, I know you believe that as well I know you're a big fan of his um, so I think it, I think um, every situation is different but if you are a, a at a certain age and there isn't really a clear pathway for you at that club you do need to look to get first team football somewhere for your own sake mm. And I think you hit on the crux of the issue, which is you've got the the development of the player on one hand and the the club having the resource of that player on the other hand. And that's kind of at odds with each other sometimes. So the the club will will take decisions in the best interest of the club and rightly so. So if I'm talking about Spurs as Academy, the main thing is for me, I I want Spurs to either develop a player for their first team because it will benefit Mm. the first team or I want them to make some money from their sale. But if I'm looking at it from the player's perspective or even the England team perspective, because we're developing mostly young English players, I'm wanting the player to get out on loan ASAP. I'm wanting them to probably leave Spurs the majority of the time they get to sort of 1920 because they need to go on and, and play. And if they're not going to play at Spurs, they need to be somewhere where they'll they'll flourish. Um, so it is quite a challenging one. And sometimes the, the nuance of that can be lost on Twitter. I get um, quite a lot of criticism. For p- people will say things like, oh, you just want every academy player to play in the Spurs team. Well, that's not really the case. <laughs> no, I, tend to, no. I tend to rate maybe two or three of eight, each age group. Uh, yeah. And when I say rate, I mean think could play a game first, or two yeah. for, for the first team. You, you get the occasional player who you think, yeah, they'll go in and they'll be a star. And you kind of have that faith in them that they'll, they can really do something. And uh, Tanganga came into that category, to be honest. I, I, like you, I thought he had a bit of a, a couple of years, should we say, where he's sort of 
looked like he was stagnating a little bit and he's managed to overcome that. He got his chance in pre-season and then he absolutely took it. And and now, hopefully, he'll go on and flourish. And I really hope that's the case. Are there any other players at Spurs that uh, people wouldn't necessarily know about that, that you know that stand out to you as, as having potential? Yeah, so um, one of the most creative players um, that I've ever seen um, um, is called Rashad Mathurin. Um, he, um, he's worked with the director, Richard, uh, Richard on a one-to-one basis since he was uh, six years old, six or seven. Um, and, you know, what we are around world, our ideology is obviously we want to make players, um, we want to develop all kinds of players because um, that's what we need. We need to be able to push players into to, um, different environments um, but we we do like you know we do um, we are also about creativity and um, expressing yourself and having a personality on the pitch and Rashawn definitely <laughs> definitely fits that category he, he can do some incredible things with the football um, he's in the uh, he's getting uh, the odd sub he's getting the odd um, appearances for the under 18s now which is uh, good he, so he's doing really really well really well and I've worked with him um, quite a few times now as well in the last couple of years um, he's a very very talented player um, another one um this is probably the youngest I can go. We do have younger ones, but the young can go is um, Alfie Dorrington. You're definitely going to hear about him um, in the near future. Um, he recently made his uh, England under 15 debut and was captain on his debut. Um, he's a centre back and he's um, he's a bit of a Rolls Royce of a centre back. You know, I don't want to sound old fashioned, but he's a proper footballer. Um, so he'll be a very he's a very very talented player. And oh, I didn't even say Rosh Rashawn Mathurin is like a creative wide player. So um, yeah, there are there are a couple coming through. Um, really really talented players and obviously we hope that um that they go on and make it obviously there's no guarantees in anything but at Spurs in particular um yeah we do a lot of work with those two um myself and Richard um done a bit of um, analysis for Terrell Whitaker, who's a very very sharp shooter um I know you know about Terrell um very sharp shooter a bit of a fox in the box um reminds me a bit reminds me a bit of Jermaine Defoe actually a bit of a, a snapshot shooter um doesn't need too long to to um get himself ready for a shot um and he'll, he'll score goals. So he's a very talented player that, um, that um, hopefully we'll be hearing more and more about in the future as well. Uh, Max Robson as well. He's, he's a talent. Um, he's a bit of an in-betweener in terms of... Um, He's not your typical number 10. He's quite a uh, second striker, sort of number 10. So he likes to get into the box and score goals and uh, affect the game. Very hard worker, very smart footballer. So I suppose we do have a few players that, um, that are coming through that we're aware of um, that hopefully we'll hear more and more about of um, in time. That's very encouraging. It's good to hear. I don't really go to see the under-18s as much these days or I've not been in over a year. So it's, yeah. it's, ni- it's nice to get an update on, on where some of the young talents are looking promising. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, Harry, is yeah. something that's always struck me is we tend to develop, and I'll say we, but I mean England, often tend to develop quite one-footed players. How mm. often do players identify like the fact that they might have one particularly weak foot, for example, that they need to work on? I'm, I'm thinking of someone like Delhi being a, a prime example. Yeah, 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 he yeah. just won't use his left foot. It's just yeah. everything's on his right. Every dribble, every touch he takes in a dribble is with his right foot, every shot, every pass. Yeah. And it, yeah. it kind of narrows his game down. When do clubs and and you as a coach kind of identify that someone really does need to work on their weaker foot? When you get players from a really young age, for example, um, six, seven, um, maybe up to the age of 12, um, they're very, very mouldable. So at those ages, we do a lot of work on, you know, technique, um, using both feet, um, basics of football, as well as obviously developing skill um, and technique. Um, so we have we coach a lot of players now that are, you could say, are almost pretty much completely both footed. Um, and I think that's being recognised as a, as a big thing more and more. Um, mm. 
in terms of um, when we're coaching the older players, um, each player, when it gets to, by the age of 12, most of your technical um, foundation in terms of what you can do with the fo- uh, football should have been built, um, really, the foundations. Um, you can add to it, obviously. So, for example, if you've got a 15-year-old centre-back that can't quite ping a ball, you can do a lot of work on it and you can improve it. But they have to do the extra training, a lot of extra training. Um, but obviously, when you get to sort of like a bit older, there are certain factors that you have to accept won't ever, ever be mm-hmm. Quite um, as good as people might want them to be. So you've got to really make sure that you minimise those weaknesses and really hone down on the strength. So, for example, if you're tra- if we're training a 17-year-old that really struggles to use his left foot, um, we would have to almost we'd have to do work on it because you've got to be at least competent mm. on your weaker foot. You must be at least be able to use it. Um, but obviously, we have to appreciate that that's going to take a lot of work to get into that stage, and he will never quite be at the level of both-footedness, if for for want of a better phrase. So yeah. um, it is important, I think. To have variety to your game is really important. Well, no, I don't think I know. Obviously, it's very important to have variety to your game. Uh, Delhi has gotten away with it because he's so creative and he's so smart in how he picks up space and, and thinks ahead. So he kind of manipulates himself and the ball to, to use his right foot. But obviously, now players are becoming a bit smarter to his movement. He's got to be a bit more... Um, a bit more, um, should we say, normal or mature as a footballer because he still plays a lot of the time like he's a street footballer, which, you know, would be okay if he was constantly producing goals and assists and winning games. But if he's not doing that one, then it can really affect the team because you see how, how loose he can be in possession because, you know, he's not really a, he's not really a great passer of the football. He doesn't use his left foot. He's not particularly fast or strong. Um, so, um, yeah, we, 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 you know, you can see it. And if, if the player's young enough, we look to develop, obviously, both but obviously as I said when you reach a certain age um, you have to accept that they're never going to quite be as good at that one as they are they've kind of already been built as a footballer and it's just about making sure that that you make them the best version that they can be that's really fascinating I I completely appreciate that there's got to be a judgment call of how much time you can put into each part of um, training players so that I I, I get that Um, Harry before you go I wanted to ask you how you got into this firstly and then also what a typical day looks like for you nowadays yeah so um, um, I was never quite good enough to make it as a pro so that's, that's is what it is it happens um, so I actually studied to be a sports journalist um, so I got my uh, sports journalism degree um, but then I realised that it's not full time journalism isn't quite what I want to do um, so I used to run a Sunday league team that had a couple of really talented players and I knew someone that worked at something called Round World obviously what you work for now um, but I wasn't quite aware of what they do and the person that worked there um, said no you've got to take him down to this guy Richard um, it's incredible and you hear about that kind of thing a lot oh okay right well you know I'm sure it's good so I went down to see it myself and honestly the level of the training and the intensity that I saw Richard had put on at Round World was just incredible for, for, for an independent academy that's not a professional academy it was just I couldn't believe how um, driven the players were um, you know and how, how high the quality was um, which it kind of has to be because even though you know as I said even though we do accept players to come and trial you know we are quite a high level environment so if you're not quite at the level um, then you'll kind of naturally sort of sort of leave anyway because you can't really cope with the intensity or the quality um, so um, I just literally went to observe those sessions just watch for about a month uh, I got to know Richard and then um, sort of worked with him from then on so you know and since I've been at Round World he's provided me and you know his players and other coaches with incredible opportunities so a really interesting one um, is that he's got really really strong links with Palmeiras uh, in Brazil who are by far the best academy I've ever seen in terms of the level of 
the players and their ideology. Um, and he's actually, his really strong links has uh, managed to get Palmeiras invited to the last three um, Barclays Premier League Academy tournaments, which are really prestigious tournaments. Um, and he's managed to get the um, Palmeiras, the first ever Brazilian team, invited to those, to those uh, tournaments. Um, and I was really lucky enough to go um, to the last one, which was an under-16 tournament. Um, and that was really, really interesting. It was fascinating to see how Palmeiras work and the level of the players was just incredible. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I got involved. And those are kind of the opportunities. You know, I can say I've coached against Bayern Munich. I coach, you know, young professionals and academy players. And, you know, we push players into clubs um, to get signed. So that's kind of what Round World is. Um, and again, like I said, if you aren't quite at the level to um, play for an academy, OK, never mind. We'll still help you achieve your dream um, as long as you are dedicated and you want to work and you want to push on. Um, in terms of what a normal day looks like, um, it, it's it's crazy busy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's you know, I do probably on average about 15 one-to-ones a week um, varying ages varying abilities varying levels um, you know I've got you know clients as young as six and obviously young professionals who I train as well when they've got time um, I'm at Round World doing group training um, pretty much every day of the week apart from Sunday that's the only day we don't have uh, group training and then also professional playing fixtures versus professional academy so you know we've got a game versus uh, Barnet Academy this Sunday um, and uh, we've got some other ones coming up so it's very very busy um, there's also other parts to it so a lot of the, as I said, a lot of the um, academy players and young pros that I work that we work with, you know, we'll go to watch their games. Um, you know, we'll give them scout reports, analysis reports. We'll we'll get nutritionists involved to give them diet plans. We really we really give the necessary care needed for the players to make it, um, which we which we pride ourselves on. We really when we when we work with you, we really really want to work with you. Um, so it's very very busy, but you know, it's football. I can't complain. What a what a what a life. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. And if someone were to want to get involved in something like this. What would yeah. your advice be? Is it a case of just get your badges and then and go from there? In terms of coaching, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Get get your get your badges, get your level one. Um, that you know every coach has to have at least their level one. Um, if you want to coach, if your ambition is to coach for a professional academy, um, or a or manage a team, um, then you'll need your UEFA's. Um, that's not my personal ambition. I don't want to work for a professional academy. I prefer to work where we can do it how we believe it should be done, and we have quite a good record, as I said, of pushing players on, um, of all positions, all levels. Um, all different types what well, I should say um, into different clubs um, but if you did want to do that you need to get your UEFA's but if you wanted to be an independent academy coach get your level one and and, um, and go from there so it, it's not something it's it's not completely unachievable anyone who's you know got general understanding of football and fitness could do this they could you know look on the FA website today and make it happen basically yeah of course yeah I mean obviously what well, I mean it is possible in terms of like you know the level of the opportunities around world provide I would say that that's very unlikely that other independent yeah. academies can provide that and again because of the links that Richard has, has and the, the work and the links that Richard has done over many years um, so that that takes a long long time to be able to get those relationships with clubs like Palmeiras and you know out in Miami and you know Man United etc but in terms of you know I um, you know you, yes you can you can you can train these players you can you can work hard and, and um, you know try to develop a reputation where you get these fixtures and you push players on um, there's a lot of people out there that, that do that um, we, we like to we like to think that we can provide obviously more than what most can but obviously you know there's more than enough out there for everyone um, and you know if it you know this um, it's more than achievable definitely nice one and before you go Harry uh, yes. 
just give us your give us your uh, Twitter handle and tell people where they can read more about Round World if they want to. So my Twitter handle is HB underscore head coach. Um, and um, if you want to find more about Round World, we do have an Instagram page, Round World underscore FA. Um, we currently have, we do have a website, but it's currently being it's under work, so I wouldn't recommend to do that one. Um, but if people are interested in it, they can obviously just send me uh, send me a message or or look at the page and um, and go from there. We're we're well we're happy to welcome anyone to come along and give it a go nice one harry thank you very much and i can vouch for harry being a great follow on twitter he's very interesting always got something interesting to say about a player although uh he's a little bit too obsessed with etienne capoo for my liking <laughs> <laughs> you've been listening to the extra inch thanks to nathan a clark for production thanks to barney for being italian thanks to adam gardner for the artwork thanks to david lindner for our intro music you can find him on twitter at davy shambles and his soundcloud d lindner do check him out he's great great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.